Who do you work for, really? Each one of us has a calling. Have you heard this before? Your workplace is your mission field, wherever that may be. You either work for him or work against him, but you work for someone. Who do you really work for? Is it your clients, your boss, your family, yourself, or your Lord? This isn't a trick question. There is a right answer. You're either all in or all out. Are you for him? I am. In fact, I work for him. Hey, Jim, who do you work for? I work for him. I work for Jesus Christ. I want to be your hands. Let me introduce you to the host of the I Work For Him show, Jim Brangenberg. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You've tuned into the I Work For Him radio show with your host, Jim Brangenberg. Take a minute and listen. I Work For Him, it's not a program that you sign up for. It's a mentality. It's a way of living. It's a permanent shift in your Christ-following paradigm. It's a revolution that's happening in the workplace, and it's about bringing the kingdom of God into places where the kingdom is is ignored. Keep in mind that your existence in your workplace, it's not by chance. It doesn't matter what you do or where you do it. Whether you're a pastor, a car mechanic, an attorney, a teacher, a mom, a used car salesperson, your work, it matters to God. And he expects you to be his representative in your workplace. And in your workplace, to recognize that that's your mission field. And in that mission field, you may be the only Jesus your coworkers and employees may ever meet. Now, I know you've heard me say this tons and tons of times, but every day we need to be reminded that going to work is not just to draw paychecks so we can buy groceries. Going to work every day is an opportunity to be a light for Christ. Each day on the I Work For Him show, we try to bring you the practical, the tactical, the factual, and the biblical ways to incorporate your faith into your workplace. I don't come to you as an expert. I don't come to you as somebody that's got this all figured out. I'm just one guy trying to live my life transparently so that you can maybe gain something in order to be an effective witness for Christ in your workplace. Our paradigm shift is described like this. Romans 12.2, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Welcome to the I Work Ram Zone. I hope you're never the same. All right, today we're talking with Dick DeWitt about Marketplace Chaplains. Thank you, Dick, for being on the show today. Hey, Jim, it's great to be with you. It's huh? a pleasure. I'm just thrilled to death to have you live in the studio. I didn't know whether we're going to be able to do this, but you're coming into town not only to do this show, to do, I'm sure, all kinds of other things, but on Wednesday at 1130 at Feather Sound Country Club, you're speaking to the Christian Chamber of Commerce. That's Christian Chamber of Commerce, Tampa Bay. And people can come and hear you speak live over a great lunch. Go to C3T. C3TB.org. That's how they can sign up for lunch. C3TB.org. Well, I'm looking forward to it. It's exciting. I'm glad that I could come in early. Came from Dallas. We've had the coldest winter in decades, so it was nice to see the sun this morning. I looked up. I said, what is that? You were able so, to play golf today. I did. You couldn't have done I, that if you were in I, Dallas. I played first thing this morning, so it was exciting. It was 49 degrees and gorgeous this morning. What a fantastic. And also to mention this morning, for everybody listening out there, I want you to get up tomorrow morning really early. I'm talking before the sun rises, because this morning I woke up at 530, as I do just about every day, and I looked outside, and there was a light in the sky that I didn't recognize, and I 
kept waiting for it to go away. And all of a sudden, I realized there was a huge asteroid in the sky, screaming across the sky at no pace at all. But it was about an inch long, and it kept waiting for it to move, and it didn't move. And I realized, after I went onto the internet, for the next two days, we can see this asteroid. It's about a million-plus miles away, just going across the sky at 27,000 miles an hour. But because it's so far away, it's got a long ways to go. I recommend getting up, taking a picture. It was fantastic. God's amazing wonders. Why he just throws rocks hurtling through space just for fun to show off and to bring glory and honor to him. It's just an amazing thing. So I just I, I recommend everybody get up tomorrow morning really early. It was really cool. All right, listen, Dick, you've got uh, children, you got grandchildren. Uh, tell us about your family. Well, I've, God's given us uh, two wonderful children. We have a beautiful daughter, uh, Amy, who lives in Charlotte. She has a terrific husband and uh, three beautiful grandchildren who are all smart like their grandmother. So there, <laughs> there is an answer to prayer, absolutely. Um, so they're there in Charlotte. We love visiting them. Uh, uh, God also gave us a son, Kurt, uh, 16 and a half years ago, a drunk driver, took him home early. And so uh, he makes heaven all the sweeter one day when... He calls us home, but uh, Kurt would have been 43 this past December. Mm-hmm. So uh, we're excited. You know, God's given us two more boys, uh, two boys and one girl, and they're growing up. And uh, uh, Amy and her husband, JP, are doing a wonderful job. They love the Lord. They love each other. They have busy lives, just like everyone listening. We're all busy. But the, <laughs> That's for sure. But, but the reality is, as a dad and now as a, as a granddad, uh, it is just exciting to see their little lives coming together, and we just cover them with prayer day by day. Yeah, and in Charlotte, they've had a pretty cold winter. Snow. They've had snow in Charlotte. It's been great. <laughs> they did. Those they people had, must love that. Oh, yeah. The kids had three days off. I, I mean, we used to pray for those days back in the early days. I grew up in Minnesota. We never got a single stinking day off for snow. They had those roads plowed by 6 o'clock in the morning. It was ridiculous. I remember some nights we'd get 12 inches of snow. I'm thinking, yes, snow day. Yeah, nope, not Minnesota. Got to be 30 below zero, then they cancel school. All right, here's probably the most impressive fact about you. You've been married to Marvel 46 years this year. Did I get that correct, or is it 47 years? We're coming up on 46. Coming up on 46 years. That's an amazing accomplishment. I, I just, I just want to, I want to applaud you on the air, but that would sound weird. But just congratulations to you and Marvel. What an awesome testimony that is that you've stuck it out together forty six years. It's a testimony to a wonderful lady. She is, uh, she is truly uh, my bride, and uh, she's been very patient. You know, being married for, for any length of time takes two good forgivers. <laughs> so, so it takes a hundred percent and a hundred percent, and so we've had busy lives, but uh, she is just a wonderful lady, and she is exactly what her name says. She is a marvel, and I love her with all my heart. Is she going to be listening today live? Do you, you think you convince her? No. She she hears me all the time. So. <laughs> she doesn't care. All right. Well, I think you should say hi to her and the grandkids Hell, just in case they're listening, because they can listen to the archive later. All right, Marvel, this is for you. Hello, and and uh, Will and Grace and Andrew. It's a Poppy, so. I'm just saying hello from Tampa Bay here, and Amy and JP, too. That's awesome. All right, as, as we head into the quarter hour, I want to hear, how has Christ impacted your life? How did Christ first impact your life? How, how, what was it like? I mean, how did Christ become part of your life? Well, it happened actually uh, September 11th, 1977, and it was the very first day that I walked into the worship center at the chapel on North Forest Road in Buffalo, New York. And uh, Marvel and I had always gone to church. We were very much involved in church. And uh, we knew all the, the creeds. We knew the Apostles' Creed and the Nicene Creed. And we knew the stories of the Bible and knew a little bit about the Bible, but we, we didn't know Christ. Marvel was saved before, before I was. 
And uh, so we had been going to a Methodist church and a, and a Presbyterian church, and all that was fine, but we just didn't have any excitement happening in our, in our walk. So Marvel heard about this, uh, this one church that was a little bit of a distance from our home. We, uh, she went down the, the week before and said, Dick, you're going to like this pastor. You're going to like it. So I walked in, and there was a big to-do. They had flowers and all kinds of notoriety there, and I thought that Christ was speaking directly to me. I, the pastor could have inserted my name. He could have said Dick DeWitt at the end of every sentence because I thought he was talking right to me. And that day uh, really did change my life for eternity. Um, the, uh, the beauty of it is that I finally had eternal hope. I knew that whatever happened the next day brought, I knew where I was going. And, and God prepared us for some, some trials and tragedies, just like the home going of Kurt and Kurt knew the Lord. So I know where he is. So, so the good news is, is heaven is all the sweeter. And in uh, one day when he calls us home, it's going to be a great reunion. And that's true for, for everyone who's lost a loved one, a mom, a dad, a brother, a sister, children. There isn't enough written, though, about siblings losing a sibling. Mm. And our daughter Amy became an only child that morning. And so she never knew life without her older brother, Kurt. And so it, that's interesting. It might be something for those book writers to write more about siblings and how you handle it. Lots of stuff written about parents mm -hmm. and losing dads and moms. I mean, that's kind of the normal order. But when things get out of order, that's when chaos happens. And without Christ, without the, the security of knowing what's going on, uh, you can get lost real quick. Yeah, no, there's some, and there are some... It, you know, that your marriage survived that is an amazing factor anyway, because it, it's such a it's such an incredible stressor on your marriage. But that your daughter has uh, has thrived since then and got kids and it just that's a fantastic deal. And we're, it, we're so proud of Amy. And, uh, you know, God brought us uh, another son in JP and and, he, and Kurt would have loved him. They would have loved each other. So uh, we've been very fortunate that it's not without its struggles. You know, there are days, sure. you know, we all have good days and bad days. There are moments in, in time. And so most people say, well, are you doing better? Is it getting easier and so on? Well, I guess yes and no. And the reality is, is there's always that empty seat across the family table. Right. And so we experience that in different forms and different fashions. And God is good just to have held on to us. Seventy percent of the marriages uh, do not survive the death of a child. Yeah, no, it's a tough deal. All right, so <laughs> business career, putting strain on your marriage. How have you guys maintained that balance since you started walking with the Lord in, two, in 1977? How have you maintained the strength of your marriage through the business career, traveling? How have you kept it as, a, as your marriage strong? Well, uh, first of all, I, I would go back and say that I've been blessed to have a, a wife uh, who really uh, loves me and has understood the fact that I, I understood the work ethic uh, early in my life. Uh, Marvel, uh, we have uh, shared, uh, since Kurt's death actually, uh, we've prayed out loud together uh, all the time. And uh, just walking together uh, through life, you know, communicating. Uh, I, when I'm on the road, I call her. Uh, she's not much of a technophile, so I find myself trying to find her. I give her uh, an iPhone, but she never turns it on. Sometimes she leaves it off to save the electricity. <laughs> now, just marvel that's just kidding. But the, the reality is, is, is you have to keep communicating. And, and Marvel does a better job of that than I do. You know, ladies bring those things up, and men just kind of gloss over them. And, and I've learned a lot through that. 
So I, I would like to believe that I'm doing better today than I've ever done before in, in talking to her about the stuff that's going on in my life, the pressures of it. And I think through that, we're drawn closer. We did uh, come closer through the, through the death of Kurt rather than being pushed aside. Um, we've always been in love. I've known her for over 50 years, so I've known her a long, long time. And she's just uh, as sweet as she ever has been. She's, she is really refreshing. Hmm, and awesome. uh, she doesn't she doesn't have many down days if if any uh what's interesting is just uh, when kurt was killed i i cried for two weeks marvel didn't cry I, it was it was the antithesis of what you would have expected or what i would have expected in her life and yet we all grieve differently and then later on came that time but uh, she's been understanding on the travel. We, we do have a chance to travel together sometimes. Uh, uh, over the last eight years that I've been in Dallas, a few trips she's come with me. And so I'm spending some of the grandchildren's inheritance. But that's, that's okay. good. That's right. But it, but it is fun. We enjoy being together. We have fun together. She's even taking up golf pretty soon. So, so that'll, well, pretty that'll be... She hasn't started well, yet? Well, she's not really convinced, but, but we're <laughs> getting there. It's, it's a slow process. See, I made sure that when my wife and I got married almost 28 years ago, I didn't want her to be a golf widow. And so I said, honey, you got to learn how to play golf so that when we get a chance to retire, which I don't think we'll ever get to, but then we can play golf together. <laughs> and so she's learning. We've played golf in some chamber tournaments, things like that. But I had her learn already so that at least, and she's actually not too bad at it. All right, so how did you end up at Marketplace Chaplains? Well, that's that's a great question. Uh, I was in the food business for uh, over 30 years of my life, and uh, after the death of our son and uh, also the death of our nephew, uh, just uh, two months and one day after Kurt was killed, our, our nephew, who was very close to Kurt, uh, was called home also. And uh, the family business wasn't quite the same, and those two guys were just wonderful young men. And so I sold the business, and I thought I was all done. Now, my Merrill Lynch guy said, you're not going to have a lot, but you'll probably survive until the Lord comes back or he calls you home, so that's okay. And then uh, Gil Strickland, who is the founder of, of Marketplace, uh, we had been friends for some 37 years. and. Uh, we talked about that, and Gil said, well, Dick, you're not supposed to retire. And I said, how do you know that? And he said, because I talked to God. And uh, so uh, that was the beginning of my coming to, to Dallas. We sold the sailboat. We sold the houses. I uh, came to Dallas, and it's just been a, a wonderful gift uh, for Marvel and I to be part of this ministry of just telling the story of, of help in the workplace. Uh, Gil and, and Ann uh, had an incredible vision 30 years ago as, as God led them to uh, this whole idea of workplace chaplaincy. Gil was, a, was a, uh, an army chaplain, and uh, he was challenged by God to say, how can you do this in the workplace, perhaps? Lots of people told him, you're crazy. It'll never work. You can't do that. Yeah, everybody thinks about chaplaincy as being in the, in the armed services, but now today, chaplains in the armed services can't really do what they were called to do in the first place. They got, oh, boy. Yeah, I know. That's one of those political discussions. No, don't get Listening me audience, yeah. I'm not going to get into, but just read the undertones. No, no. I think it's ridiculous. Okay. No. The, real, the reality is truth is truth. And truth is offensive, and when you don't want to hear the truth, you re you got to do ways in order so you don't have to hear the truth, so you get rid of truth. That's exactly right. Well, so they think. Okay, so what is Marketplace Chaplains all about? In a nutshell, Marketplace Chaplains is simply about a man or woman called of God to care for others selflessly in the workplace. Jim, we've got we've to go to work. We don't have to go to church, right? but we've got to go to work. 
And so as we go to work, we all put our game face on. We all say, hey, boss, I'm your best worker. Promote me. Uh, I'm here because I love my job. And yet all of life is going on in their lives moment by moment. They're not going to they're not going to come and talk about the the real stuff of life. You might have some cursory glances of things, perhaps to the HR department. They're not going to speak about the fact that they're stealing something. They're planning something. They've they've got a problem with uh, pornography. They got a problem with um, with uh, uh, cheating on their spouse. They're not going to talk about those things in the in the business place. Nor if they have a pastor, priest, or rabbi. And we were just talking about this a little bit ago. 30% of us have a pastor, priest, or rabbi in the United States. That leaves 70% of the folks who have no relationship whatsoever. But none of us go to church with that stuff either. We we put our clean shirt on. We look real clean. The kids are great. I mean, how many stories have been written about that? Well, you argue on the way all the way to church. You're arguing. You're having this argument. You get out of the car. Hi, Bob. How you doing? It's great. So, so then the reality is for all of us is, is this whole idea of transparency, this word that has become very, very uh, offensive perhaps in, in a way over the past years. But, but the reality is, is how transparent are we? We're not. We all wear masks. And to whatever degree that happens, that mask covers up stuff that starts welling up inside us. And it does impact our ability to do your job. It might even be a safety issue. It might have nothing to do with with something illegal or wrong or immoral, but it just might be the fact that a single mom has a daughter who's just just been declared with some kind of cancer, or she spent all night in a hospital somewhere, or or a, a, a son who's in the service somewhere worried about them. And, and so how do they come to work? They're bringing all those things to work with them. And so now the, that employer, that man or woman leading an organization simply says, I've got a great work workforce. I give them all kinds of benefits. I pay them a good wage. They're happy as kids in a candy factory. Wrong. The reality is, is that man or woman who leads an organization knows that those men and women coming to work have stuff, just like you and I do, Jim. And because of that stuff, a chaplain, an independent, proactive, caring chaplain can be the greatest stuff buster in life. And that's that's a powerful statement. And it is true. I mean, I work with a lot of Christian business owners who are who are the leaders. And what I tell them is that, listen, if your marriage is a mess or if your family life's a mess, it'll affect your business. Your business will reflect exactly what's going on in your life. And a lot of people don't recognize the fact that the stuff that we have at home, it totally dominates what goes on in our daily life. Absolutely. We, we can't concentrate. Absolutely. If your and marriage is a mess or you're, like you went through the death of a child, it's hard to function. Just let alone get out of bed. Breathing gets to be difficult. That's exactly right. And and men and women who love the Lord, who lead organizations, uh, think that perhaps they could be that spiritual head, that one who really cares. And that's a wonderful thing to believe. If you've got 5,000 employees, there's no way that that leader of that organization is going to be successful in meeting the needs of each one of those people. So really, those the chaplain teams that come in, men and women, so if there are females present, there's going to be female chaplains. We match up ethnicity. We match up languages. We do those kind of things that we hope will, will best reflect the contour of that organization so that people are going to have an openness to speak to that man or woman as they come through. So talk to me about what, I mean, marketplace chaplains, what are they doing on a workplace? I mean, what are they doing? Well, these are these are men and women called of God to care for others selflessly. 
It's just that simple. And so these uh, men and women who are assigned a specific plant or perhaps an office building, we, we even serve two law firms. So that's well, that like, must be extra work. There you, there you go. Well, that, that's that's sending the sending the hen into the fox house. But but it really has been a, a, a wonderful opportunity to let each one see the the value of relationship and care. Uh, these men and women go in and they don't they don't judge. They're looking for brief encounters with those employees, not to not to disrupt or distract them from their tasks. And chaplains, we train them to be sure that they they understand how that person looks or what they're doing if they're engaged in a in a specific task. They're not going to interrupt them, but they catch their eye and they they uh, might spend two and a half minutes with a, an employee right there. Ninety five percent of our work is done away from the workplace. We're there in the workplace to create rapport and trust and relationship and to get to know them because, again, we know that they've got stuff. So those employees that engage that chaplain on, a, on an ongoing weekly basis as they go there, they feel very comfortable with that. And, and the beauty of, of the model that we use is that there's a freshness always about having the chaplain coming in on a regular basis and they know that he or she is coming. Some use chaplains who are who are company based right right there, and there's always that little bit of confusion of the closeness to the management, and so what is an employee going to share with that that chaplain? The reality is is we we need chaplains, and the and the model that marketplace has used has been so successful in 30 years because we've seen lives touched and we've seen how how people's attitude about the employer changes and how their own lives are cleaned up. Not only do we do we care for that employee, but every direct relative of that employee wherever they live, moms, dads, brothers, sisters. So the beauty of that is if you've got a mom who's in Portland, Oregon or Portland, Maine and goes into the hospital tonight, we'll have a chaplain by her side in a couple of hours because your son works here hmm. in St. Petersburg. It's huge. It's immense. You know, you see people just stare and they say, this is real apostolic care, love that is expressed, something that should be on the front page of the paper today and is not. But the <laughs> You don't talk about stuff like that in the but, paper. But the reality is, is that's going on. And as we care for almost 600,000 people, you see the kind of travail and tests of life, big and small. And it doesn't require a big thing, whether it's a death of a parent or a death of a child. It's, it's those little things that get in the way of communication of, of a marriage that lasts for almost 20, 20, 46 years. The, it just, do you let the sun go down on, on something that you should have covered? Right. I'd like to, I'd look back and I say, you know, there are times and marvels in my lives when, when we let that fuming stay. I'd love to take those things back. I can't. But I can today as, as a, her husband and as a dad and as a grandfather be more attentive to those kind of things. And so we all need encouragement. So those employees need that kind of encouragement, not in a judgmental way, but in a way that, that just encourages them. So you said you're sir, that you've got chaplains uh, working with over 600,000 people. How many businesses does that represent? Well, they're, they're, those are employees and fa direct family members. Okay, employees and direct family so, members. All right. So we have, uh, we're, we're making, uh, we're in 3,094 service locations okay. today. All right. Caring for them. That's fantastic. And you're all over the world. We are all over the world. We're in uh, 45 states. Okay. We're in uh, four other countries. We're in across Canada from coast to coast, from Miramichi, New Brunswick, all the way to Vancouver, British Columbia. We're in Mexico. We're in Puerto Rico, in the Commonwealth of Puerto Rico. We're in uh, England uh, and Scotland. 
And then uh, we just uh, have begun a work in uh, China and also South Korea. And so we have offices now that have just been established. We had a team of two fellows that just came back from 19 days over there. Hmm. So it's exciting to see. And yet, <clears throat> as great as the needs are there, there are needs right here. Oh, the needs here get more and more overwhelming all the time. That's right. So how do you how do you find your chaplains? Well, we use denominational contacts. You know, we talk to local pastors. Uh, uh, we're looking for men and women who have had business experience. We don't take uh, ministers right out of the pulpit. Uh, we don't take them right out of seminary either because we want them to be seasoned. And they need to understand the reality that this, this business environment that they go into is different from the church walls. They need to see that, that they are an invited guest and they don't have, a, have ownership there. So that is, that's really the most difficult part of it is to find those men and women who then we train and prepare them for this great work. And then we have ongoing training to keep them up to date. And the reality is, is just like a, a reservist, and I spent 22 years as an Air Force uh, Reserve Commander, you know, the top guns today are men and women who sell glue during the week and go fly the wings off an F-16 in the weekend because they're fresh. And that's what we find with the with these men and women who are called as our chaplain representatives. We have a number of them that are full-time. We have a number of them that are part-time. And they go out and they're so refreshed by the fact that they're touching lives away from everything else that they do and yet so much a part of their heart that they care. And the employees feel that. They sense that urgency. So does the employer pay for the chaplain, or how yes. does that work? Yeah, they, the, the chaplains are our employees, and so they, we charge a service fee for them. Okay. To, to provide. So they, we have employee assistance programs, and they exist, and sometimes they're telephone numbers and so on. In ours, we call an employee care program, and so it's just that simple. So if you, if you can afford a coffee service, you can probably afford a, a chaplain service. It's just that simple, and yet it's just that complex. All right. Now, I read on the Internet, I, I typed in Marketplace Chaplains, impact you're making, and I saw I, I saw two articles that were really fantastic. I want to deal with these. I saw that you guys are in a car dealership. So you're dealing with used car guys and new car guys. You, you, you talk about lawyers. Now, I can't relate to being a lawyer, but I sold used cars for 15 years, as well as insurance, and both of those at the bottom of the feeding trough. And used car guys are tough. Those guys are tough. Talk to me about that. Was, I believe it was a used car or a, a, a car dealership. Was it in Texas? We, we have lots of car dealers. I, I, we, we've got them all over the place. And uh, I think that those owners are, are especially sensitive to the fact that it's a difficult business to be in. Uh, a very dear friend of mine in Syracuse, New York, Roger Burdick, owns a, a, a company there called Driver's Village. And he has about 400 employees and a great big mall. I mean, it's a sea of cars. And uh, Roger is a wonderful believer and a, and a brother in Christ. And uh, he saw the, the, the impact of having chaplain teams come in and care for his people. Uh, life is, is crazy. I, I mean, you can testify to that. I mean, I can see it in your eyes now. There's, there's fire squirting <laughs> out of your eyeball. But, but it's wild. And so how, what's the calming factor? What is that? What's the, the, the stuff buster, the stress buster that happens? And chaplains just go in and put their, put their hand on their shoulder and say, you know, what's going on today? 
How can I help you? That would be fantastic. And a used car dealership, or the even a new car dealership, they're fighting for customers. They're fighting. <laughs> it's an amazing. It's an amazing environment. Certainly not a healthy environment. Tough environment, and that's just fantastic. Now, I also read an article on how you guys had chaplains on both <laughs> sidelines at the Super Bowl. Well, well, we're, they weren't our chaplains. They, they, I think you read that, but I, they I did. I read. I swear it they, said marketplace chaplains. Okay. Well, that was really good. No, most of the most of the teams. In fact, all the teams I think have. Have uh, chaplains assigned. Okay. So, uh, but they know, weren't your guys. No, they oh, weren't. They credit. They, they weren't guys. You know, we we needed we needed uh, somebody to help our, our cowboys. You know, <laughs> it's it's pretty tough. But you've you've got a great chaplain uh, here in in Tampa Bay. Uh, came from uh, uh, from the baseball field. I, I forget his name now, but but he was uh, he was a chaplain uh, for 17 years, I think, for your Tampa Bay Bucks. The uh, they're all good. Yeah, I think you mentioned the fact that you thought that the the Denver guy was sleeping. Yeah, but, but, I but thought maybe he wasn't brain hard. Jim, no. Jim, here it is. God really doesn't care about football. I amen. <laughs> I tell my friends that all the time. God doesn't really care, and obviously, poor Manning didn't really. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> we, there, we there, thought it would be good, but it wasn't. It was the worst yeah. Super Bowl ever. Okay, all right. So we got Doug, just a, Doug Gilchrist is, is his name is the Tampa Bay Bucks. Okay, all right, very. That's awesome. Okay, so just talk to me. Give me one example of an impact recently that you read about or heard about from one of your chaplains making on a, on a workplace. Well, there was a there was a family in in Georgia actually that uh, he had lost his job. A family of four was living in a station wagon, if you can imagine that. Mm. Um, was released because of a of a problem. There was a difficulty, and and so the chaplain came in, found out about that, um, arranged with uh, a, a client company who has ho- long uh, long term hotel care, and they put them up uh, no charge for uh, three weeks. The chaplain went in and uh, uh, helped the employee talk again to the supervisor about what had happened and was able to uh, to get him uh, reinstated as an employee and got him back on their feet and they're back there. I can tell you another story on the West Coast in Portland, Oregon. We had a situation with a uh, with a Muslim employee who, uh, who took his Koran and some fellows in the warehouse tore some pages out of it. Uh, they didn't know. They had no idea, but it was it was an awful thing. The chaplain came in that afternoon and uh, found out about it, went to downtown Portland, bought a new Koran, had it wrapped in, in wax paper, and waited for the employee to come back as, as they had sent him home. Hmm. Presented, to the, presented to this Muslim. He said, you're a Christian chaplain. Why would you even give this to me? You don't believe in this book. And he said, I don't believe in that book, but I do believe in you. Hmm, that's powerful. Okay, Dick, we've got a few minutes left. I want to talk. Are you are you looking for more chaplains? Are you, do you need more people to become chaplains? Absolutely, Jim. Uh, we're looking for good men and women uh, who are, have a desire to serve, who are mature in their Christian walk, uh, who are uh, ordained. Uh, we know that uh, we're looking for men and women. We know that some churches don't ordain ladies, but we have a number of ladies who uh, who are not ordained who who do serve. Uh, they uh, they come out of the local church. Uh, they're bivocational. Uh, these are, uh, as I said, uh, men and women called of God to serve selflessly. And and so as they have have uh, the assignment made for them, uh, depending upon the size of the of the facility, wherever it is, we create chaplain teams. Uh, wherever that facility is. So if there's an office building right across the street, we would create a team and train them to be right here so that they wouldn't be uh, driving many miles. Amidst all of that, our chaplains will drive 3 million miles this year. So, uh, How many chaplains is that? 
That's 2,809. That's a lot of miles. That's Wow, that's a that's a lot. 15,000 plus miles a year. Yeah. Here, I did that in my head. Pretty good. Yeah, that's, okay. that's fast. So, okay, so that perfect candidate that you're looking for then, are they retired? Are they... Oh, no. I mean, no. They're, no, they, some are some are refired, but uh, <laughs> but the reality is is we you know we don't we don't want someone who's just retired who's just looking for a part time job. No, we want men and women who are excited about life, and have a lot of spirit and spunk in them, and and that's exactly what our chaplain corps is. We have uh, we have men and women that are older actually, and, and they have great relationships. So sometimes that gray hair does help. In that relationship, but it helps break down walls because you look like grandpa. Well, well, that's true. But the other thing is, is we go in and we match up the identity of that chaplain team to the, to the workplace. So we we go in and survey that and look at that to understand who it is, and so we match them up. Sometimes we're perfect at it. Sometimes we're not. You know, it involves imperfect people like you and me. But the reality is, is God still has a hand in this, and so He's placing these people to care for people. And and once that initial touch is made, it's huge. Now you, I read on your on your website that when you place a chaplain, the majority of your companies renew their contracts. I mean, you have a pretty high retention rate of those chaplains. Very much so. Uh, they what we find is that uh, well, right here in Florida, Regal Marine, uh, the employees at Regal Marine in Orlando named it their number one uh, employee uh, care program. So they would give up medical to keep the chaplain team, and we've been there a number of years. Well, now that medical is so great anymore anyway. Yeah. Oh, that's what I said. We weren't getting political. Okay. All right. So Regal Regal Marine, that's in Orlando. What about Tampa Bay Company? You got any Tampa Bay companies you can say that are doing this right now? Sure. The, the, the McKibben Hotel companies uh, are right here in Tampa, actually. And so John McKibben and his, his entire team has just done a wonderful job. They have, I think, about 90 properties up and down the, the East Coast. Um, uh, McLean Food Service and Grocery Distribution. You might see the McLean trucks out in the highway. Uh, uh, there, we're, we actually serve them from coast to coast. Um, trying to think, uh, there's uh, Martin uh, Resource. Uh, also, Pilgrims. Uh, there used to be Pilgrims Pride, but there's some Pilgrims plants. A chicken, large, one of the largest chicken facilities. Uh, they're our largest client with seven, with uh, 34,000 employees that we serve. Wow, that's fantastic! All right, how do people find out more about Marketplace Chaplains? Whether they're looking to become a chaplain hmm. or whether they're looking to place a chaplain in their business? They can do two things. They can call an 800 number. It's 800. 800- 775-7657, 800-775-7657, or on the web, it's uh, mchapusa.com, M-C-H-A-P-U-S-A.com. And I know if they Google Marketplace Chaplains, they'll come right up to that, too, because I did that, because yes. I didn't know the mchapusa.com. Yes, they will. Okay, so you've got a minute left. No, you don't have a minute left. You've got 30 seconds left. What's, what's one word you want to say to a Christian business leader that's listening today? The reality is, is every single one of your employees came to work with with something on their heart. And uh, I know that you'd want to care for that, but you're not going to probably get an opportunity to do that. Um, A marketplace chaplain could do that and make a difference for the day and perhaps eternity as well. That's fantastic. And it's true. It is so true that our employees come to work with issues. And as I tell Christian business leaders, if your marriage is a mess at home and you go to work, of course, your business will be a mess because what you're thinking about is going to occupy your mind space. And so you probably see that all day long as people, as these chaplains are, are, are helping people deal with, they're helping people deal with it. Instead of just leaving it along, just ignoring it. That's exactly right. A, a great salesman, a great salesman goes through a divorce. It takes him two years to get back to to where he was or she was. 
Yeah, look at race car drivers. I can name a couple of them that took years for them to get back again. All right, so business leaders, business owners, has your life been radically affected by Jesus Christ? Are you running a business, and does it look different than your competition run by a non-Christ follower? And if you don't answer that in the affirmative, then there's some work that needs to be done. If you're perplexed on how to incorporate your faith so that your business does look and feel different, then you need to check out Business His Way. It's a biblical mentoring process designed for you to learn how to follow our Lord in your workplace. It's brought to you by C12 Tampa Bay, and I work for him. For more information, contact me at jim at iworkforhim.com, jim at iworkforhim.com. Next week on the I Work For Him show, we'll be talking with... Get this, Jody Leisure and Katie Neal with Carrie and Leisure, personal injury attorneys. Those are the faces, those billboard faces all over Pinellas County, Florida. They're going to talk about how living your faith in the workplace is working in their personal injury law firm. You've never heard it before. Christians, Christ followers who are making an impact for Christ in a personal injury law firm. It's going to be amazing. All right, my sponsors are people I trust, people you can trust. Please do business with them. Today's show has been brought to you by the Christian Chamber of Commerce, Tampa Bay. There This week on Wednesday, you can come for lunch at Feather Sound Country Club. Ross Harrop with C12 Tampa Bay. Luke Andrews with Generation Mortgage and Charles Ruttenberg Real Estate. Dan Geyer with Direct Hits Management. Gary Melanowski with Chick-fil-A, Seminole Boulevard, and Park Boulevard right there in Seminole, Florida. Eric Most with Most Insurance. Tampa Mayor's Prayer Breakfast on May the 7th with Tony Dungy. Guest speaker, 2B1 Ministries, marriage mentoring for all couples all across Tampa Bay. And, of course, Jim Brangenberg with Platinum Information Services. Look for links to their company's websites listed on our website, iworkforhim.com. And on the I Work For Him website, you'll find all kinds of great resources, including the show schedule, the guest schedule, and all all kinds of recommended resources for incorporating Christ into your workplace. Thank you to my guest today, Dick DeWitt. It was great having you on the show today. Jim, it's a pleasure. Thank you so much. Hey, all my guests say that, but did you really have fun? I did. Uh, that's great. All right, please take time to like us on Facebook. Just search for I Work For Him. Thanks to Mike Miracle, not only for finding a new Miracle song, but also for doing a great job running the studio controls today. All right, if you found today's show inspiring or challenging, or you just got annoyed by it, I'd love to hear from you. Just some words of affirmation. I just need to hear that you're listening. Email me to jim at iworkforhim.com, jim at iworkforhim.com. All right, you've been listening to the I Work For Him show with your host, Jim Brangenberg. I'm a Christ follower. I own my own business. I don't know about you, Tampa Bay, and around the world, but I work for him. Relax, don't have time for my friends, no time to chit chat.